Father, we thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory. We bow our heads humbly as our creator and our savior and our Lord. As we open up our hearts to hear your word, that we may be all that you created us to be, not only before you, but for one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, it's good to see everybody. Turn your Bibles to Genesis, the second chapter, verse 18. Let's say our confession. God's covenant teaches us how to live God's way. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And we're in a series of dynamics of godly relationships, and we're talking about um, how to improve our relationship skills in a godly way. Uh, Examine ourselves, you know, our self-awareness of how we are in the relationship. And live at peace with all people. Ultimately, that's our goal. Amen? If you're there at the scripture, Genesis 2.18, I'll be reading uh, from the NLT version. And the scripture says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You may have your seats. And we're going to come back to that. We're going to do a quick review. We said definition of relationship is a state of being connected. So if you're in a relationship, you are being connected with something, someone. All right? So a relationship is what? A state of being connected. A relationship is what? A state of being connected. All right? So you're in a relationship with your parents, your, your job, your it's a relationship, and the two connections uh, relate to one another based on that connection. We said the characteristics of relationships are all relationships have a standard of behavior. And we said basically our standard of behavior is we love one another as God has loved us. Then we said that all relationships have boundaries. We have rules. All right? So if you're in a marriage, you've got rules. Isn't that right? And you've got boundaries. And you've got Standard of behavior. Amen. Got it? And then all relationships have expectations, obligations. All right? You got it? All relationships have these three things. If you're going to be in a relationship, you got to get these three. You have to know these three things. And then if you have any trouble with relationships, anybody come to me with relational problems, they come, they're going to come and they're going to talk about boundaries, uh, standards, or expectations not being met. That's basically what's going to happen, okay? So just look at these things, study them, and understand you were designed for relationship. So we said our four messages were this. Origin of relationships. All relationships began with God. Because why? God is relational. He's a relational God. The Godhead is a relationship. God is relational. He made us to be relational. And it, relationships connect us together. So God is relational. The next one was what? It was a, a triangular relationship. Meaning God is the apex of our relationship. We deal with one another. This is very important for Christians, Christ followers. This is the advantage that we have over people who are in the world. We deal with one another through God. You tee me off. I'm not going to give back to you what I should give you. I'm going to give to you what God has given you. That's how it works. But we forget God and we get to cussing each other out. All right? So know that if you're a Christ follower and you're cussing somebody out, you're cussing on behalf of God. 
because you say you're Christ follower and you have and the apex of our relationship is God. You got it? Uh, no, I don't care. I say you doing it. I say, do you have it? <laughs> we're trying to get to doing it. All right. But do you have it? You got it? So this is what the relationship is. Again, people, your whole your whole life, every everything revolves around relationship. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what you have in life. If your relationships ain't going right, your life ain't right. Okay? And you can see it all the time on TV and all that and all those stars and everything. They got all the money in the world, but their, their, their relationships are jacked. Okay? And so I'm telling you, you can be poor, but the happiest person in the world because you have a great relationship. You can be rich and the saddest person in the world because of what? Of relationships. And then we said we pursue peace and have conflict resolution. And then we talked about pastor and people relationship. We got it? And we said this, the pastor people relationship, we said, uh, according to Jeremiah, we said, that, and I will give you shepherds. Let's read together. I will give you what? Shepherds after my own heart. I will, who will guide you with what? Knowledge and understanding. So we said on that, we said the pastors have qualifications. All right, and we said all these qualifications, so I lined my life up, and I went through all those uh, qualifications, and which one was I weak at? N- number four. Nobody knows number seven. <laughs> That's pretty bad there. What you here for then? I mean, like seven. <laughs> four, right? I got half a check. I've been having a good week until I had to do a dedication yesterday, and they had chocolate cake, so I... Kind of went down on that one, but but all these things uh, uh, should line up. You got me? You got me? And and that's that's the pastor's uh, qualifications. Today, pastors don't they, don't they don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. But that's the qualifications of a pastor. All right. And then there's the people, pastor expectations. And so the pastor, all you want from me, this is what you want from me, right? You want me to guide you in God's way. That's all you want when you come to church, man. You don't want no, you don't want no crazy stuff. You just, this is what you want. You want a pastor who's going to guide you in God's way, feed you with knowledge and understanding, oversee you, because the Bible says oversee. You got you? And then uh, equip you for ministry. Build the body up. We should be building the body up. That's what you want to see, right? And then you want the unification of the, of the faith. And then you want to mature in Christ. That's my job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what the pastors in the church are supposed to be doing. And that's what all we, uh, the people who are doing life groups for us, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing about it. That's our work. You got it? You got it? All this other stuff, don't worry about all this stuff. This, this is what I qualify. Make sure my qualifications are there, right? And then this is my job. Put it back up, please. And then you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to receive the message of the pastor like it's from God, which it is because it's the word of God. You got it? And then you're supposed to respect or reverence the pastor, meaning you, you give him first place in your ear. You don't give politics the first place in your ear. You don't give objects. I mean, you give the pastor the first place in your ear. All right? This is where you come for your spiritual guidance. Some of you. Esteem the pastor. Put him in his proper place because if you won't hear me if you don't esteem me. So you have to esteem the person. So it's not about the person. It's about the office. You esteem the office. Got it? And then, uh, then you're supposed to obey. It means you believe that I'm going to scripturally lead you, all right, in the right direction. And then you submit. You come under. You come under the understanding of the teaching. 
and then you pray for me, then it says you pray that I will always receive the help that I need and that uh, God put a hedge of protection around me and, and keep my mind right, right? And then support. Then that says financial support. Well, well, we talked about that. Now, the, the blessing of this church is don't ever hear, don't ever hear me. Have, when I teach uh, finances here and all that kind of stuff, and the people, I am beyond blessed. So when I teach it, I ain't got no other, other motive than to teach you about giving. Okay? I'm not teaching you to give me some money. I am, I'm very well taken care of. Listen, I, I am one of the few phenomenons in the body of Christ in the sense of from day one, I've been able to not have to have another job to do this. That, that's a phenomenon. You don't start a church and not have another job. Okay? So, so, so right there, there's God there. All right? Me and my wife, when we left New Creation Christian Fellowship, they blessed us out the door. Uh, they gave me a, a severance package, and I used a severance package to, to start this church. I took the, the, uh, the $10,000 bonus they gave me, and I bought all the equipment. So if anybody tell me I started this church on money, no, I, I started this church spending money. Amen. And I was ready to get a job. But the first, but the first offering of the church, and then the creation was going to subsidize my, my pay in half. They took half my pay, and they gave that for the rest of the year. And so uh, when we took the first offering on, on the first Sunday, when we, when we did it, uh, it was such that, that the people on the board said, no, man, you ain't, you ain't got to go get a job. Just do this. Do this because we can do this for the year and we'll see what happens after a year. Okay. And, and now it's 20 years later and we still see it. Amen. <clears throat> and I, and I, I remember, I remember uh, uh, leaving New Creation mad at God because I told God I wanted to do full-time ministry. So I left the service in my retirement. And now you're going to have me go get a secular job because I was ready to get a secular job. You know, that, you know that's just, that just goes with starting a church, right? So God fooled me, made me repent, say I'm sorry <laughs> for all that he did for me. Amen? Amen. And, and so, uh, so when I teach support, I ain't, I ain't talking about this church. I'm talking about I'm giving you a principle. Y'all get that? Amen. I'm giving a principle. I ain't got no give me. I, I took a decrease this year. I'm so blessed we took a decrease in, in, in the thing from from. from the board on record has in the uh, uh, archives or whatever they call it, as long as I'm the pastor, I will get no more raises from this church. If anything, I'm going to decrease. All right? Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, giving nothing. What am I doing? Sowing. Okay? So if people are like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm sowing. All right? Because I believe in the principle. All right? And like Paul said, if I keep decreasing, so when I talk about money, you can't talk about I'm trying to get in your pocketbook. Because right. if it's getting your pocketbook, it ain't, get, it ain't going in mine. Right. But I know that ain't going to make people give more. I'm just saying. All right? Because Paul did the same thing. All right? So that's where So when I talk about the sport last week, I want to make sure that it's clear that I, I am very well taken care of. Thank you so very much for the faithfulness of it. But understand the principle, though. You give me nothing. Amen. Your tithes and offering goes to who? God pays me out of that tithe and offering. You give me nothing. You got it? Okay. Because when you come in here, you don't say, I'm going to give Pastor Keith this. If that's the case, man, I'd be over there in the dominion someplace. You know, all that. You know what I'm saying? So you're giving it to God. God said he will faithfully give the tithe and pay me out of that. And plus the uh, people's staff. Got it? And so uh, that's, that's what we talk about there. So that's what we talked about last week. And and to, to uh, move in that. Amen? Amen. 
But then uh, this is the last part I want to talk about. And remember, that this is how it works. First Thessalonians 2.13. Let's read together. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't what? Our words as mere human beings. That's always, always understand when you come in here, don't ever think these words are from mere, mere human ideas. Don't, don't humanize something that's spiritual. Don't do that because you can't receive. All right? You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. So this works this works continually works in you who believe. I am very proud of this church, and, and I've been blessed, and, and, and I, I tease the Browns because we're close and everything, but I'm very godly proud of them. And, and again, I'm going to say something funny, and I don't mean to. I don't know if Jasmine and Chris knew where Job was when they came. Okay. You, you know, maybe they did. Okay, I'm just saying. But to see their progress and when we and what they've done, and when we said, uh, let's do life groups, and they were able to do a life, that, you, people, you don't understand, that's pastors. That, I'm so proud that all these years, you know, then they said, we can do a life group because we've been under this ministry, you know what I'm saying? And go and teach people and not intimidate it. I'm telling you, man, that just makes a church so, a pastor so very proud. And then I had a couple come in, they're doing premarital counseling, and they said, man, when we get done with this, we want to do a life group. I said, yeah, all right, man, this is awesome. This is awesome, man, because we're doing ministry. We're equipping people to do ministry, and people are getting out, and they feel like most, most especially in African-American churches, they're built on clergy. And the people just can't, they can't read the Bible. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But we have a really a body ministry of everybody feeling equipped to be able to take people in their homes and teach the Bible. People, that's phenomenal. And keep it up because that's where we're going. Amen? Right. And so you, you do me proud when you do that kind of thing because then that means uh, all, all these years it was uh, all worth it because you grew in God. Amen? Amen? And so the next scripture is that, that we always must understand when we come in here is that in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, it says this. Let's read it together. All scripture is inspired by God and is what? What is true to make you see what I'm saying? So what, what is the pastor doing? So when I'm teaching these scriptures, I'm just teaching you to realize what? What is wrong? So you can correct it. Not going off. Just, you know, hey, oh, man. See, that's what you should do. When I'm studying this, this thing comes to me first, right? So I'm studying like, oh, man, I'm off. Man. Oh, man. I got to forgive me. Just dang. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? No. If you're really listening to it, oh, man, I got to say I'm sorry for Oh, this ain't fair. You know, you, you, you should be going through those kind of things, right? So it corrects us. Keep on. It corrects us when we are wrong. And what? Teaches us to do what is right. Why? So we can be prepared and equipped to do every good work for God. And then, ultimately, when you leave here, this is what I want everybody to say in Exodus 24, 7. Then he took the book of the covenant. This is our book of covenant, right? And what did the people do? And, they, and I read it aloud. I read it aloud to the people. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, we, but we got to see. Now, check this out. That's how real this Bible is, right? Because they didn't have the, all this. So they did read loud. You got it? And they usually got in, in a valley where the voice could echo so everybody could get it. You got it? And again, they all responded. What did they say? We will do. Man, that is a wonderful church, man. You just open the Bible, teach the covenant. Nobody think anything going on crazy. Nobody's motivating. No, nobody's trying to manipulate nobody. And we say, oh, that's God. Correct myself. Let's do that right. That's all that's supposed to be going on here. All right? And then ultimately, ho- hopefully we have this going on in our relationship in, in the body of Christ. <clears throat> Pastor and people relationships are based on God's love for us. Let's read together. God's love for us 
is shared by our love for one another. What? Through our mutual esteem and goodwill toward one another. What a relationship we can have that we have mutual esteem. I esteem you as God's children. I lift you up as God's children. You are sacred. I got to watch what I'm saying to you because I got to pay for that. I got to be account for that one day. I esteem you very highly as God's people, not to be messed around with, not to be sleeping with, not to be trying to take your money unlawfully and all that kind of stuff. I esteem you very highly and that you think I do that. And then you think I, I have goodwill towards you. I have no ill will towards you. I have no other ill motive towards you but to give you God. That's a great relationship. And I think you esteem me and you have no ill will toward me. And we ain't got to go around talking about, I'm tired of them people. Them people make me sick. God, oh, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? No, but we have good will toward each other and we esteem one another. Can we just do that? We just, can we just, hey, esteem. And if, you, and if you ever think like, Pastor, I don't think you have good will toward me, then take, make an appointment with me. Just really, and talk to myself. I can tell me, show me how I've lost that in you. Pastor, you're doing this, I can't really esteem you. Well, come on and talk to me about it. Let's talk about it. Amen. Amen? Don't sit there and harbor that in your heart and all mad, and I'm wondering what's wrong with you and all that kind of stuff. That's not a good relationship, man. Just, hey, call me up, you know, and come in. We talk. Because what? I don't get out the bed and say, oh, hey, I'm going to go. And I, I'm, I'm, you, this morning I got up this morning I said, man, <laughs> I'm going to go there. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to this, this, get this out of these people. I'm going to do this, man. I, and I, I got ill will towards you. No way, man. I get up this morning and say, man, God, help me to deliver this word. Hope they get it, God, so I can go home and watch fantasy football. That's all I do. That's, that, 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 was, that was my prayer. You know what I'm saying? I'm a simple person, people. You know what I'm saying? You know, get this out right, man, and then I'm going to go live my life. That, that's basically what I was saying. That's my prayer. Amen? Amen? And that they know that, uh, that, that I'm a genuine person uh, who loves God, loves his wife, and loves God's people, and let's all get along and do what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. That's, that's, that's the relationship I want with you guys. All right. So now let's talk about godly friendships. All right. Being a, being a godly friend, not a good friend, a godly friend. All right. Uh, relationships are, 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 like I said, are the basic needs of all of us. You got it? Family and friendships are the primary relationships you're going to have in life. Your family first, then you're going to have some friends. All right. These are the primary relationships you're going to have in your life. Time magazine had an article, and it said, we are living in the most lonely generation ever. Isn't that something? It says, our interpersonal social skills are zeal. We don't know how to have have interpersonal relationships. Uh, What we do, we build followers and friends through social media. You know, like people get on that, you know, we're so... We throw the words around so lightly. I like why I, I, they, they get on it, and then people say, how, how, "How's my Facebook family doing?" Like, they, your family? What? You know what I mean? Like, we just throw this stuff around, like family. Like, really? Okay, when you get sick, are they gonna be there? What? 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 Who are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? But this is how we build us relationships now, right? But it's not interpersonal skills. We can, we can, we can. We don't have to like when Bryson would, if, if, when Bryson, we, we 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 don't talk. We text. And, and, and when Bryson it, it was in school, the best way to get him to talk, just text. Because that's the way they do. They just talk. You just text. Oh, you really are that. You just didn't pick the phone up. Here, here you go. <laughs> you know, just text them. Oh, y'all getting quiet. Ain't that right? Most of us, text, we text each other. We don't call each other no more. Because we don't want to deal with it. Like, let me just text them. Oh, thank you. Let's, we just text people, right? Our culture is into how many followers I got, not genuine friendships. 
All right? So we want to look at what the Bible says, what a genuine friend. But we start throwing the word friend around. Let's look at what, the, what really a friend is. Genesis 2.18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be what? I will make a helper who is just right for him. All right? So God said he's he going to do that. He's going he gonna to make something just right for us. And I'm going to go through three points from this, then I'm going to go through something else. All right? I'm going to go through three quick points. The first point of it is, is this. Companions. Companions, not alone. All right? First of all, companions, not alone. Go ahead. Supporter, helper, and then interpersonal, just right. That's what this verse is saying. First of all, you need a companion. You don't need to be alone. Then the companion should be a supporter. And then it should be interpersonal. They can get in your stuff. Right. Just right for you means I'm going to kill the person. It's about a woman here, but it's, really, it's a principle, right? I'm going to give a person just right for them so they can get in their stuff. Don't a woman get into your stuff? Yes, they do. They tell you every morning what, what to put on, how you're supposed to look. They get into your stuff. They just write for you. Isn't that right? Come on, Christians. So number one is this. Point one is this. Friends are for what? That's what friends are for. Somebody, what, who sang that song? What's what friends are for? What, who's, who's that? Who? <laughs> Listen to the scripture. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. All right? I need a companion or someone to do life with. You need somebody to do life with. If you're in there talking about, I don't need nobody. Something wrong with you. You need somebody to do life with. You can't do life alone. Ain't life ain't, it, ain't made to do, it ain't made to be alone. You didn't get here alone. You had two people to get you here. You had people change your diapers. All of a sudden now you're so independent, you don't need nobody. Yes, you do. You can't tell, you, you can't tell yourself you look pretty. You got somebody else got to tell you that. I know I understand self-awareness and self-esteem and you need to tell yourself you're pretty, but somebody else needs to also affirm that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, culture number two. Friends are for? All right, so now if you're a friend, first of all, you're walking somebody with, with somebody's life, right? And what are you there for? To what? Let's let, let Ecclesiastes. Two people are what? See that? Ecclesiastes in that day said two people are better than one. For what? They can what? Help each other succeed. Man, that ain't nothing like somebody to do your homework for you. That ain't, that ain't nothing. That, that, that. <laughs> that, that's the best thing in the world, man. Have somebody. Y'all didn't do that? <laughs> man, I used to get so mad. Man, look. man, I used to get mad. I didn't study. I come to school. And, you know, this is my strategy now. This is BC, y'all. Just calm down. And, I, you know, I, I'm smart. You know, I know. I locate who the smart one. And I put my desk behind. I, but unless the teacher have us sit in alphabetical order. I hate that stuff. But if, if you're just sitting there behind that, right? So test time come. I tell them, I say, now, now you, you leave. Okay, I, I, no, nobody else do that. I said, Keisha, Keisha, I'll be right, Keisha. Keisha, like, uh, see, see, I, I wouldn't like her after, after, after class. I'd get on her, like, like no, yeah, you tripping. <laughs> Y'all didn't do that kind of stuff. Okay, got it. You ain't never dropped the pencil and say, now, what'd you say? <laughs> I, I'm just out here by myself. I'm just out here by myself. Oh, thank you. Gotta get the claps in. Like, what's now, what, now what, what, what was that again? 
And then the teacher called my name, Key! Two better than one, I'm telling y'all. I'm just trying. Now, I ain't trying to tell y'all college students. Now, I don't, now that they ain't endorsing that. I'm just saying that's where I would, you know. <laughs> For they can help the others succeed. They sure did. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Really. Man, there's nothing like a church when, when you go through crisis. When you go through the thing right there for you, man. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome when those things happen. You got it? Number three. Friends are interpersonal. Now, this is where we never get to, man. The first one is what? We walk with them. Right? We're companions. We're walking along with this person. And we're supportive. Right? See, as a pastor, man, one of the hardest things, and like I said before, man, I have a weakness in the sense of I love pastoring in this part of pastoring. I love the support that I can help people succeed, right? Amen. But I hate, and this is why, remember I told you I quit dorm chiefing? I love the ability or the, the power to give them cigarette breaks. Right. I mean, to help people. I just love that, right? But I couldn't stand being accountable for it. So when, because when everything got messed up, or something got messed up now, the T.I. coming after me. You know, I got to make sure everybody, he said, make sure everybody, see, God was just grooming me for, to be a pastor, right? I had to make sure everybody, Chris, everybody's uh, shoes were shined. I had to go every night. Amen, amen. And I don't want, I don't want to hear no back talk. I don't want to hear no back talk. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear all that. Amen, it don't look right. Then, you know, you go there, and then I got to make sure all they draw is for inspection, right? Got to make sure all the, uh, the, the military people don't talk about all the draw, all the things are folded right in there, right? And then I would tell them, I say, listen, man, live out your, your, your dirty clothes bag and leave this one perfect. <laughs> Nobody else did that. Thanks, Chris. I mean, I'm, I'm glad Chris here, right? Once you pass an inspection, right, leave the drawer alone. Live out the dirty bag. <laughs> I don't care if you smell a little bit, that's all right. You're going to pass the inspection. <laughs> all right, I mean, uh, Pastor Keith was a mess. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I need some Jesus. All right, thank you. All right, you live, come on, man. But so, now, now this, is, this is not really people. Uh, y'all think I'm joking sometimes. Well, you really pray for me, right? Because I, 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 even though you, you're wonderful people, I love the church or anything, right? There's some other ed- edges to the church that, that make me quit every once in a while. No, really, I do quit. And God got to, because I'm the one to quit on, I'm telling y'all now. I'm the, so 20 years means a lot to me. Because I hate having to make people accountable. I got my shoes right. I don't care about your shoes. I got my shoes right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get out of this boot camp. You know what I'm saying? I don't, why I got to worry about Keisha boot camp. I mean, Keisha shoes. So sometimes I feel like y'all say, God, why I got to go check? Oh, I, I'm on my marriage. My marriage cool. Why I got to do all this? So then I quit every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Why I got to tell people to risk their hand up they want to lift their hand up? Why I got to tell people to be on time? I know they ain't going to be on time. Why I got to keep saying this? No, that wears, no, I'm telling you, that wears on me. It reminds me back in Lackland when I'm saying, like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'll be on time. I don't care about them being on time. I'll take care of me. I won't be this me. I'm being transparent to you. This, 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 this whole dynamics of, of interpersonal relationship, dealing with people's stuff. That's very hard. Keep it. Okay. 
What it says? But iron sharpens iron. As friends sharpens a friend. You see that? That's what it's all about, man. You having a friend, a real friend, this is a real friend, who will let you get in that stuff. Who will let you call them out. Very few people get to this point interpersonal. They want your support. They want you to walk along with them, but they don't want you to get in their stuff. Very few people reach this point. And God says, I want to give you the right. And then it's a God-sent person. It's a God-sent. Oh, you, 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 God, you made for my life. Cool. Talk to me. Now, here's some points to it. First of all, you got trust. You got to build a trust in it. I trust that you, 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 you mean me well, right? Then listen. I got to be a good listener. And then what? Communication. Now, communicate. Because an interpersonal relationship means we build each other up. Iron sharpens iron. But I mean, we'll come out of here, we're going to be great. We're going to be off, off the charts, right? Inspiration. It's going to be inspirational. And then what? Acceptance. I accept you in your flaws, man. Listen, I accept you. I tell people all the time, man, hey, man, no, we, we, don't live phony around here, man. Everybody's living an imperfect life, man. All right? We, we, we live an imperfect life doing perfectly trying to cover it up. That's what we do. We, we live imperfect lives perfectly trying to cover everything up we don't want you to see. Knowing that we both all live imperfect lives, people. You, don't, you can't control those things. You can't. Listen, you let me pastor you. I told my children, I said, I said, I said, I may be your mom and daddy, but you let me be mom and daddy. I ain't get it twisted. You ain't gotta do, you ain't gotta do a thing I say. Now you eventually you gotta leave it because you ain't doing what I'm saying. But, but, but no, no. But they let me be mom and daddy. Now, I can go to title. I'm your mom and dad. That don't mean nothing if you don't listen to me as a mother and father. You can call me pastor all you want. It doesn't, you know, you can do anything you want. But if you don't listen to me as a pastor, then I ain't your pastor. And it's, and like I said, it's all good with me. Right? But you let me pastor you. Some people try to make people, uh, y'all, you, I'm going to pastor you. I'm going to, no, you can't tell a child, I'm going to parent you. I don't care what you say. No, that ain't working. It has to be a yielding of the wheel that allows them to say, you can parent me. I will listen to you. It has to be a yield of your will to say, you can pastor me. I will listen to you. That's what the dynamics is. Listen, God is God, right? But I ain't got to recognize him as God. He gave me that will. Now, he ain't going nowhere. He's God. I ain't going nowhere. I'm daddy. You, you, that, that is. But you let me father you. That's the greatness of the relationship. Because it ain't no forced it is letting you do this in this relationship. That is awesome. So God is creating us and says, I ain't creating robots. I'm just going to ask them to yield out of love to me, to be their God. That's all this is, people. So don't try to beat your kids and make them your parent. No, they don't want to be, they, listen, you want me to be your parent? Yeah, you're my mother. No, no. If you, I'm your parent, you listen to me. You got it? Jesus said this. I don't, play the, I don't play jokes. Jesus said this. Don't tell me you love me if you ain't keeping my commandments. Right? No, I don't tell Jesus I love you, and I'm out here fooling around with everybody. No, no, no. No, no. You got something to that. All right, the doctrine. So friendship doctrine. We we'll go through this, and it's going to be real good. First of all, friend with God first. Make sure you, whoever you get friends with, make sure they are friends with God first. All right, you want somebody who's a friend of God. Amen. There is no greater love than to lay one's life for one's friends, right? You are what? My friends, if you do what I command, 
Right? So who's a friend of God? Person who obey God. So the first person you want to befriend somebody, you say, who's your friend? God. Cool. We can be friends. How I know that? Because you obey what God says. So the first thing in, in the friends of doctrine, make sure they're friends with God first. Make sure you're a friend of God first. Because you're a friend of God first. I know you ain't going to do me wrong as a friend. Because you know how to be friends with God. If you know how to be friends with God, you know how to be friends with me. So make sure they're friends with God. I guess you lost a lot of friends right there, didn't you? Okay, number two. There's three levels of friendship. I always understand this. Three levels. There is no greater love than to lay one's life for one's friends. That's a whole other level. You just don't meet somebody and die for them that day. You grow into that kind of relationship. You got it? Number one. First of all, there's casual friends. That's a group. That's a whole casual people. You know, you're like, they just out there. It's a group of people. You just kind of know. You, you call them your friends. You know, that's casual, man. Y'all, y'all ain't no friends. you are just casual, right? And then there's circle of friends. Now, that's the social people. You got a friend for shopping. You got a friend for this. You got a friend for the movies. You got a friend for this one. You got a friend for that one. You got a friend for that. That's a circle of friends. You got it? And then you have close friends. This is the friend you disclose yourself to. You only got a couple of those. All right? Those are the ones that tell you really the, the, the things that goes on. You got it? Not for no gossip's sake, but for prayer's sake, right? So you got casual friends. That's a group. That's just outside. Then you, from the casual friends, you build a circle of friends. Different people you go with, because everybody can't handle all your stuff. So some people can do this for you, some people can do that for you, some people can do this for you, some people can do that for you, and y'all are based, your friendships are based upon those th- things that you do together. And then there's what? Close friends. Jesus did the same thing. He had, he had 12, then he broke it down to three, then he had the close ones. You got it? That's the, that's the way life works. It says you can't really have no more than really, you say best friends, you can't have no more than one or two best friends. All right? You got it? Somebody who you can really open up to and they can really open up to you. You got it? Friends come into your life for what? A reason. Know what the reason that person's in your life for. If you don't, they could jack your life up. And they stay for a what? Or people come into your life for a reason. You're in my life for a reason. I'm in your life. Why am I in your life? To be your pastor. That's why I'm in your life. And it could be for a season or for a lifetime. Like I said before, either I'm going to bury some of y'all or some of y'all going to bury me. But we're going to be companions. We're doing life together. We're supporting one another and we're interpersonal with one another. That's how we build friendship and close. Pastors are not, most pastors are not interpersonal until we get counseling. Right now I'm interpersonal, right? But counseling brings people closer together because now you're self-disclosing. All right? The perfect family is now not the perfect family when it comes to counseling because now we see other things. But then you trust. You got it? Trust must be built. You got it? Amen. You follow me? Amen. Choose your friends wisely. Brain waves. All right? People mess with your brain. You got it? People mess with your brains. Let's read it. And walk with the wise and become what? Associate with what? And get in trouble. Why? Because they did a scientific, a neurologist said, with people, brain waves who become interrelated, uh, brain waves go the same way. 
So it's very important when you start seeing your child change. See, I, I know how you think about the people you hang out with. Because somebody's going to influence your brain waves. People hang with people who their brain waves flow together. If your brains don't, waves don't flow together, then it gets you confused, frustrated, and you don't hang around those people. That's when you're talking to somebody. You, and somebody says something. Okay, me and Nisha are talking, right? Boom, boom, boom. Nisha says something that doesn't go with my brain wave, right? And I say, what, what? That means your brain, your, your brain is being interrupted and it's causing it to think. And we don't like to think. No. Anytime you're frustrated with somebody, it's because their brain, your brain waves are not flowing together. And it makes you stop. And then that's when you start discussing about if we're going to go this way. What you're talking about are you going to alter your brain to go with my brain? That's when your children start changing on you. It's because you got to check their friends because their brain waves are changing. And they start thinking another way. One, they left you a Christian, came back an atheist. And then all you got to do is search the friends they're hanging out with. How did you change? You didn't leave here like that. Have you ever told your child, who are you talking to? You didn't learn that here. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to go to a church that goes to a pastor if you don't want to mess with your brain. Because I'm messing with your brain waves. This is a sacred relationship we got here, people. I'm messing with with, with, with the way you think. So don't mess with everybody. Mess Mess with the way you think. If you ever lose trust in how I teach and what, don't, don't come here. Don't, mess, don't, don't let me mess with your brain. Amen. Don't do that. Don't let nobody mess. That, that is sacred how you think. And that's why you need to know if you're thinking correctly because thoughts are sacred. Either they're coming from God or they're coming from the pits of hell. I saw, this, I saw this phrase. Uh, uh, it, it was very powerful. And it says, it tells you, you know how very few people are going to, to heaven and a lot of people going to hell because the phrase is there's a stairway to heaven, but there's a highway to hell. So very few people going to heaven, a lot going to hell. So it's very, very important. The Bible talks a lot about renewing your mind. Get your mind right. Get your thoughts right. Very, very important. So choose your friends wisely because you become like your friends. Amen. Very important. That's the next. Friend. Look, look at Aristotle said. I love this one. Friends become a single soul living in two bodies. That's how powerful a friend is. Two souls be living in one body. Because when I look at you, I can say, I know who your friends are. Because it becomes a single soul in two bodies. Powerful. Number three, four. Friendship progression. How's it go? This is how you, it should go. This is what it says. I am a friend to anyone who what? Fears you. Anyone who obeys your commandments. So that means that I'm, I'm, my friends, I'm choosing my friends. For I'm choosing ones who, who obey God. That, that's that's, that's pri- criteria. Now, this is going to help you and your children if you just look at this. The criteria to help them choose friends. Number one, values. Make sure the values are right. Because values are going to uphold the whole relationship. Make sure their values are right. Make sure when you sit down with your children, who's your friend? What's their values? Very important. Without values, me and my wife wouldn't be married today. Values said we can't get a, a divorce. We got to work this out. Values are very important. 
I told my students, hey, I don't care how good they look, what's their values? Very important, people. You sit your kids down and say, this is my friend, what's their values? What are their beliefs? What's their morals? Number two, similarities. Then we go into this. Now we can get into similarities. Oh, you like, you like basketball? I like basketball. Now we can deal with all that. First of all, but if our values ain't right, we ain't getting here. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We're not. No. If they're going to mess this up, we ain't getting here. Number three, likability. Now, let me show you this. Now, this is what we messed up in church. Values can be good. Similarities can be good. But we don't like each other. Personality is different. Christians, no, we can. You can have, you, listen, you can both be godly people who love God, have similar interests, but you can't stand each other. Because your personalities are different. I call it high maintenance marriage. No, some things are high maintenance because your personality click. You say red, they agree. agree. It's, it's going to be high maintenance. You're just, your personality is different, but you both love God. But your personalities are different. So you got to know the person's personality. Don't overlook that. Everybody think like God's the magic moment. No, you can have God in a terrible marriage. Because after God, you got to do something else. You can't stay in church 24-7. You got to have some similarities. You got to like each other. (laughs) Number four, consistency. Time tested. Over time, you good. It's a time tested relationship. So they ain't your friend of the day. You got to go through some things to show friendship. I'm quiet in here. Then trust comes up. Self-disclosure. Then you'll be able to, then you start giving yourself. After this, 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 after consistency, especially, then you start opening yourself up. Nobody wants, nobody wants a toxic person. Nobody wants to, I don't want to meet Al first day and say, Al, hey man, how you doing? How you doing? Oh man, let me tell you about it, man. He don't even know me. Oh God, man, my wife. Oh, she crazy. This, he don't like, what? What? No, nobody want all that. Right? We don't know you. Don't be telling me all that. You ain't going to have no friends. Now, some of you don't have friends. because You know why? Because you bleed on everybody you meet. Yeah. How's life? Oh, it's terrible. I just met you. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear life's terrible. I don't know you. I didn't want to go that deep. <laughs> you need a friend. <laughs> I'm just a person with a casual thought. I just said, listen, we don't mean it. We say, when we say, how's it going? We don't mean it. That's just a greeting. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> you know, right? We don't want to say that. How am I doing? Oh, I've been waiting, looking for you. Come here. Let me tell you. <laughs> Amen. Are you sitting there like, I really didn't mean to tell you how to do <laughs> I really didn't mean. And do you know, you ask the people on the job, you kind of say, Cause you know they gonna get they gonna, they gonna run you down, boy. They gonna run you down, isn't that right? Oh no, no, they ain't your friend. They ain't your friend. Cause they can't handle you. They're not the right fit for you. They ain't a God sent for you. Very important. God send the right. I believe this, people. I believe this. God, I believe this. That there are certain people I'm supposed to meet in this world, divinely designed by God. You can't tell me. You can't, I, and I want to meet those people, and I want to recognize those people, and I want to do friendship with those people. And all the other people around me, I will help them, but we'll never be close. 
because there's only divinely designed people to my life to speak into my life. Because God, I don't want to send the wrong people in my life speaking wrong waves in my brain and send me the wrong way. That's why it's very important. Don't walk up, walk, don't walk up with a pastor and start giving your advice because you're trying to mess with his brain, brain waves. Watch what you say to a pastor. Because you could alter the course of this whole church. Make sure it's divine when you speak. You're just not running your mouth. Because you don't want a divine wave to change the brain. Got it? No, go ahead. Let's read this. Friends don't have to measure their thoughts nor measure their words when they speak. When you, when you got a real good friend, you ain't going to say, oh, I'm going to say this. That ain't your friend. Uh, 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 I ain't your friend. You should be able to just go ahead and tell me. And you're not afraid. Why? Because they have built a friendship upon their love for one another and their trust in one another. That when you speak, I know you mean well. You may say it wrong. You may not. I may not want to hear it, but it's good for me. You're my friend. All right. You, if you got to do all this, I'm going to tell this. That ain't your friend. Because a friend should be able to walk up on you and say what they need to say to you without you becoming offended. Because you know they're divinely designed in your life to speak truth to your life. Go ahead. Offended friends. Offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gated with bars, all right? So you can lose friends. It's very hard to get friends back when you do it because it's so intimate, all right? So there's old friends and new friends. See, when you have old friends, it's hard to get new friends in because the old friends say, okay, that person take my place. So they can break up over that stuff. Change in interest or value. Sometimes over, over time, friends come in your life for a season or a lifetime, right? Sometimes seasons change. Maturing different. Some people in spirituality, they, they mature different. And that, that'll break up close friendships. Or broken trust. That's the big one. Breaking people's trust. Okay? Somebody tell you something, you mad at them, that you expose everything they ever told you. Well, don't go back here. You ain't never getting back in my space. Amen? Number five. Interpersonal skills. Now, we can talk forever about this, but we got to go. Listen, interpersonal skills is what we, myself, Everybody has to work on. It's very difficult. But this is one scripture that if we do this scripture, we could, we'd be really good at interpersonal skills. Now, what is it? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's interpersonal skills. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. People, if we just do, if you just treat somebody the way you want to be treated, that is the key, the principle of life. That you will, have a, you will be a very good friend and you will have great interpersonal skills if you do this. All right? And that's it. Let's say it's it. You make yourself friendly by making the interests of your friends just as important as your own. Interpersonal skills. When somebody comes to the door, you ain't always talking about your family, but who my, my family is, my family. No. How are you doing? Everything all right? It's not about me today, it's you. What's going on? If we just get this one interpersonal skill, people, the Bible says it'll cover all other things and how we treat one another as friends. If we want to be with friends. Take away. Friends are what? For companionship. Two. Friends are what? For support. Friends are for what? Friends are for what? Friends with God first. Number five. 
Choose your friends wisely. Friendship progression and other person-centered. That's, that's uh, personal skills, interpersonal skills. Other person-centered. When you have other person-centered skills, you will be a great friend. Did you receive anything this morning? Amen. Amen.